What if I told you you could build a house for God? He had plans to come down here and uh, live with us, and he wants to live right beside you, and you got an empty lot right next to you, and you could build, you could design and build a house for God right next to you. What would it be like? What would you do? Would you put some thought into it? Would you make some effort, make some plans? Uh, as you look at the outline for today in the, in the bulletin, I kept some space up there. Uh, that does not represent about 15 minutes of quiet time, which uh, that's about the space in the sermon. That's probably would be uh, the right proportion. It's not 15 minutes of silence. I, I kept a space. I thought maybe uh, the young people or maybe, maybe even you older folks would want to draw a little bit of something about what you, how you would do a, uh, build a house for God. What would it look like? What would you do? How would you? Because I guarantee everybody, you'd want to make it special, wouldn't you? You'd want to make it proper and fitting for the great God of the universe and how wonderful he is and how highly we think of him. You'd want to build something grand. So you young people can use a little bit of space there and uh, draw as you wish. And try and listen to the words that we share while we talk about this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, there's this, uh, Paul is dealing with some issues of the church. Some people coming in and teaching some different things. And, and there's a little bit of an issue of who do you listen to? So he's just talking about different people. And uh, the, the fact is, then by the time you get to verse number 9, he talks about you, the, the people, God's workers versus God's people. And he says, for we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. So there are workers in the church trying to build the church, plant the church, help the church to grow. That's kind of the picture of the field. And then he shifts gears a little bit here and he starts saying, and you guys, you're, you're a field, but you're also a building. You're God's building. That's why we're talking about building for God, building a house for God. How would we build for God? You are God's building. And I kind of point out here, but I really uh, kind of pointing at one person at a time, you are God's building, but really you are God's building. That's one of the things we recognize as we participate in the Lord's Supper is you have to have recognize God's body and God's bo body is us. We have to pay attention to one another, not leave each other out. As we just focus on Jesus, we also focus on Honoring Christ as we honor one another. It's a participation. It's a fellowship. You are God's building. We are God's building. So that's what he establishes in verse 9. And so since he talks about building, he's going to use this language of building then. Having already used the agricultural, the growth of plants, he's already talked about that. Now he shifts gears a little bit. Verse 10 then says, According to the grace of God which was given me, like a wise master builder, I laid a foundation, and another is building on it. But each man must be careful how he builds on it, for no one can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, 
which is Christ Jesus. So just as you hear these words, you, you can hear the very basic part of what Scripture teaches us, and that is everything, as Jesus even declared, you look at the Old Testament Scriptures, what we call the Old Testament Scriptures, the, 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 the Old Covenant, the Law of Moses and everything, the Law and the Prophets, it all talked about Jesus. Jesus is the foundation. He is the only foundation. Nobody can do anything other than lay a foundation that is in Jesus. If you have a foundation other than Jesus Christ, you can build all day long, but it's not going to work. You can try and build a life. You can try and build a home. You can try and build a family. You can try and build a business. You can try and build all anything, but all those things will wash away someday. Because we can't have a foundation other than the one which was laid, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus himself points to that. And you go, jump back to Matthew chapter 7. And we read where Jesus warns us about our foundation. And so, you young people, as you've already started drawing, it might be that one of the things you did first was draw a line across the bottom so you could have a foundation to build your house on. That foundation must be Jesus Christ. That foundation must be Him and His words. Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 and following. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts upon them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on a rock. Excuse me, that's, I didn't say that right. I didn't read it right. He didn't build on a rock. He built his house on the rock. Verse 25. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house. And yet it did not fall. For it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house and it fell. And great was its fall. Jesus, his words, his teaching, they are the foundation. He is the foundation. Jesus is everything. So is it anything, is it a problem for us to come every Sunday and remember Jesus in the taking of the bread and the sharing of the cup? He's our everything and our all. He is the foundation. He is the foundation that has been laid and we build upon him. Continuing in verses 12, back in 1 Corinthians 3, uh, this is a, a little bit of a perplexing passage, so I'm just going to make some general comments from it instead of discussing what all it means theologically, because I don't know if I can even answer that. But look at verse 12, 1 Corinthians 3, 12 to 15. It says, Now if any man builds on the foundation with gold, silver, Precious stones, wood, hay, straw. Each man's work will become evident, for the day will show, the day will show it because it is to be revealed with fire. 
And the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. If any man's work which he has built on on it remains, he will receive a reward. If any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved. Yet so is through fire. So now listen to this. You this this shows the opportunity. Once you lay a foundation, then there is the building that comes next. Jesus is the foundation. He is laid, and now a building has to be built. And remember, you are God's building. Jesus is the foundation. We are God's building that is being built up. So you can choose different things to build with according to this passage. And it seems like there are three that uh, can hold fast through fire and then three that will be consumed by fire. Gold, silver, precious stones. Now if you started drawing... You probably are building something like you're used to building, but maybe you want to include some gold or silver or precious stones in your building. Pick the best materials. And I think in this passage, when, it, when you think about those things, those first three things will survive the fire that will come. They will survive the difficulties of life. The others the wood, the hay, the straw. They might be the ones that are referred to here later as being consumed, that would suffer loss. Verse 15, if any man's work is burned up. So we've got to think about what we're building with. I think the lesson here, as I state in the outline, is that we need to be careful who we listen to. We need to realize that some teachers are not as skillful as others. Paul, up above here, we have already read in verse number 10, he refers to himself as a wise master builder. Trust his teaching. I would encourage you to trust the Bible. You've got a man standing before you today who I would love to say I'm a wise master builder, a wise master teacher, but boy, if I said that, I hope you'd probably turn, I need to find somewhere else. This guy thinks he knows everything. I'm not going to trust him. The wise master builder is here. If you want to Build your life. You are God's building. We as a church are God's building. You as individuals, you are a place where God wants to come live and reside, to dwell in you. Turn here and search. Find the gold. Find the rubies. Find the pearls of precious price that are beyond price. Find these lovely, wonderful gems and build from here. Don't trust any one person to tell you all of your truth. To trust in a man. That's not the way to go. You make sure you listen to the words of Jesus. You do what he says. Trust him. And I pray that all of us would continue to develop uh, just this thirst for truth. 
a thirst for understanding, a, a, a desire to get into this book and learn it for ourselves. Because if you're just letting somebody else tell you what's here, it's just not the same, is it? Get here, open the Bible, and that way you'll be able to know and test what is approved. First John chapter 4, verse number 1, it tells us to test the spirits. Test the spirits. First John chapter 4, verse number 1, whoever, beloved, do not believe every spirit. Do not believe every spirit. Don't believe every teaching. Don't believe every person who, who comes to you and shows up. But test the spirits to see whether they are from God because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So every one of us has got this charge, this task of searching and testing the spirits. Making sure that I'm not a false prophet up here teaching something that isn't true. Making sure your parents didn't teach you something that was not true. But searching the scriptures to find truth. Test and find out what is true. The foundation is laid as Jesus Christ. And as you build, it is very important for you to use the right materials. Find the truth. Find the gold, the silver, the precious stones. Okay. Verse 16 is the next verse. Verse 16 says, Do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Now, I prefer the language that I've I've got written in my side note of my Bible. Do you not know that you, instead of saying you are a temple of God, I just, that seems just kind of like nonchalant. You are a temple of God. I, I like the language of you are God's temple. Everyone who has come to Christ, everyone who has said yes to Jesus And you wanted him to come and reside in your life, in your heart. And you allowed yourself to be immersed. That spirit came into you. When you were baptized into Christ, you were raised up to a new life. And that life is the spirit working in you. You are God's temple. God lives in you. That's why we are God's building. We are God's house. We are the place where God resides. So as you draw your pictures, if you've drawn a picture, I'd love to see them later if you have. As you draw a picture, you can, you can look at that picture and you can say, all right, this is, preacher told me to draw something, to draw a house that, where God would live and be right next door to me. But the reality is that picture represents you. God wants to come live in you. And you are the house that is being built. You are the place where God wants to dwell. Man, relationships. At the wedding, I talked about relationships are important to God. It's another one of those pictures. Relationships are so important to him. He actually wants to 
live within us. He isn't up there and set things in motion as just looking down and saying, well, I wonder how they'll do, you know. How are they going to handle this one? Oh, this is entertaining to watch. No, it's all about relationship. He wants to come and reside in us. He wants to be close to us. He wants to be our life. He wants our lives coming together. You are God's temple and the Spirit of God dwells in you. So I have some questions there attached to verse 16. What kind of house are you building for God? I encourage you up above with verse number 12. Oh, grab hold of the gold and the, and the silver and the precious stones. Don't just kind of go through life. Take the opportunity to build your life for God. Others are involved in helping you build. I am honored that you have invited me into your lives to help you build your house, but you're helping me build my house. We're all involved in building together, but it's also not only are we collectively doing this and building a house, building a temple for God, but we're also, it's up to each one of us then to build our own house too. We're working together on building the house. Don't let just somebody else, don't think it's my job to build your house. We're working together. You have got to be involved. What kind of house are you building? I can't build, make you build your life into anything in particular. I'm going to encourage you. The idea of edification is building, helping you build. What kind of house are you building for God? If you had to build a literal house right next door, we watched a house go up across the way, right? It's a pretty big house. And they've done a pretty good job of building it, and it is taking a long time for them to build that home. But they're active. They're going to it. They're making sure everything is done right. And we have to be doing the same with our lives. What kind of house are you building for God? You young people, is everybody done drawing already? Did you finish it? You guys get one? Somebody's holding up a paper. So you can, you can draw a house pretty quick. But if you're building a house, and you think about that representing your life, you've got to be active and involved from day one till day whatever it is that God decides is your day to go home. Don't just skate through life. Don't just kind of float through life. Build a house for God. What kind of house are you building? Are you focused on this important task? You don't just start throwing things together. Oh, get out of this piece of board will work and start nailing stuff up. Get the right materials put it together in the right way. Next question, how long do you think you will have, excuse me, how long do you think you will have to work on this building, on this temple, this place where God resides? How long do you think you're going to have to be working on the temple? All through your life, it will never stop. 
The day you stop building is the day that you start crumbling. I want to ask, does the Spirit of God have a good home in you? What's your building like? What have you been doing with your life? What are you focused on? If you started with that foundation of Jesus and you take your life in a very serious way, what have you, what have you done for Jesus? Is the Holy Spirit, does he find, hey, I like living in Eric. Oh, this is a happy place for me. I love the temple you have built. I love what you're working on. I love that view. I, I love the materials you have chosen. I love it, I love it, I love it. Well, we know we all fail from time to time. But I hope we have all made a decision that we want our building, this temple, to be a great place for God to live. Ephesians 4.30 says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit is the phrase that's in there. We got the Holy Spirit... If we're not building, if we, we've got the foundation and then we just put up a little tent or, a, well, maybe God will like looking at the stars because I'm not interested in building. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Build a house, build a home, build a beautiful temple of your life for God. You are God's temple. The Spirit of God dwells in you. Make it special. Build for Him. And that idea of grieving the Spirit leads us into the next verse. And that's where Paul goes to in chapter 3, verse 17 of 1 Corinthians. He says, if any man destroys the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, and that is what you are. So you think about this idea of a temple, and you guys, we're all God's temple. We are the place where God dwells. We're trying to build up our lives in a beautiful way, using all the, the right stones and all the right materials so that God can find a good and happy home in us. But there are others who will want to come along and destroy it. The question is, do you want that? Do you want others to come along and destroy your temple that you're trying to build for God? Are you going to listen to false doctrines? Verse 18 says, let no man deceive himself. Let no man de deceive himself. We don't want other people to come along and, and give us false information. First John warned about the false teachers. In this whole context of 1 Corinthians, he's warning about false teachers and building with the wrong materials. Do you want others to destroy you? No. Do you want to destroy yourself? Do you want to deceive yourself? No. Don't let anyone destroy God's temple. Build it beautiful. Be productive at it. Be, go after it. Have great ideas and grand picture, a grand picture in your mind for what that temple should be and what your life should be. How you will live it for Him. 
This next question is for all of us, and it kind of uh, works a few ways because uh, whether you're young or whether you're old, the question is, are you developing habits and behaviors that build the foundation? You build upon the foundation, which is Jesus Christ, where do you destroy it? So the young people, you got this wonderful opportunity now, and, and we tell the young people, you know, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. We don't want them to develop the bad habits maybe that we did when we were young, right? Stay away from this stuff. Develop good habits. You're young, develop good habits now that will honor God. Seek His truth, find truth here, and live according to it. Develop the habit of following the words of Jesus Christ. And that way you're building your house on the rock. And your life won't crumble and fall like Jesus talked about in uh, the parable of building on the sand. Don't be foolish. Be wise. Develop good habits and behaviors and build upon the foundation of Jesus Christ. Don't give up on doing that. Don't ever stop. And no matter how old you are, you can continue to develop those good habits you can stay focused and continue to build your life. Be a, be a life where you just think about your life as a building. And you think about being very dedicated and very intentional about what you want to be. What you want to be to honor God. What God wants you to be so that he can come and live and be happy living in you. You are God's building. You are God's temple. And everybody, the, the goal is that everybody who sees you doesn't see you, but sees the one living in you. So be a beautiful building. Build your life for God. Live your life for Jesus Christ. If there's anyone here today that you have not yet given your life to God so that you can actually have that spirit residing in you and living in you, today is the day of opportunity. Today is the day that you can give your life to Christ and let His Spirit come and dwell in you. If there's anyone that is seeking to give your life to Jesus today, come at this time and we will tell you how to do it. Won't you please respond as we stand together and sing.